The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zinn for a spin. Zinn nicotine pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Get in gear with the Zinn 10 Challenge and enjoy 10 smoke-free, spit-free days for just $5.95. Order online and start your new journey today. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. Amazing. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, your exercise, and medication decisions. All those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and a lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com compatibility. Thanks, Dexcom, for being our partner. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. A father, in the middle of the night, hears a noise. Then he hears the dog barking her head off. He goes into his little girl's room, and there he spots a man wearing a mask. And that's all. Just a mask. Standing in his daughter's room in the middle of the night. What would you do? Well, this guy shot him dead. Is he now looking at a grand jury indictment? Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I'm Nancy Grace. This is Crime Stories. Thank you for being with us. Let's kick it off with Fox 10 News reporter Justin Lum. For Aaron Letowski, his sole responsibility is protecting his wife, three kids, and their nanny. Don't forget the family dog, Sadie, who Letowski says alerted him late last night to a break-in. And so I came inside and I saw that one of our side doors was open and she was barking um, down the hall 
uh, towards my kids' bedrooms. Right away, Latowski says he grabbed his shotgun. Meanwhile, the rest of the family was asleep. We never would have known we would have continued to sleep and sleep through it. So I'm just so thankful. Latowski went into his daughter's room where he says the suspect came out with a large piece of wood, his face masked and his body naked. Ah. Oh. Uh, joining me, an all-star panel to break it down and put it back together again. First of all, Kirk Nurmi. I know you know that name. He represented Jody Arias at trial and is the author of a book, Trapped with Miss Arias, Parts 2 and 3, My Final Words, on Amazon. Awesome work, Nurmi. Karen Stark, renowned New York psychologist, joining us. You can find her at KarenStark.com. The director and founder of the Cold Case Research Institute, Cheryl McCollum, Dr. Kendall Crowns, the deputy medical, deputy medical examiner for Travis County, Texas. That's Austin. CrimeOnline.com investigative reporter, Levi Page, and special guest joining me, the founder of Class Kids Foundation, Mark Class. Mark Class has spent his life trying to right wrongs, find missing children specifically. This is after the kidnap and death of his little girl, Polly. And I remember, Mark Class, when you jumped up out of your seat in the courtroom and made a lunge to get your hands around the neck of the guy that took Polly. I remember that, Mark Class. Well, Nancy, you know, I I was in a I was in a situation similar to Dr. Lukowski. A, a, a predator broke into the house and attempted something with my young child. And I always regretted the fact that I was unable to do to that individual, what Dr. Lukowski ultimately did to the guy that broke into his little girl's room. And that's exact revenge. And I'll tell you why. The reason why is because we tell our children from the time they can understand us, from the time we first see them, that we'll do anything that we can to protect them, that they're safe as long as they're under our watch. Now, those are easy words to say, but in practice, it's almost, it is virtually impossible to play out because you just can't hover like a helicopter over your children all the time. And it, on the rare occasion, as in Dr. Lukowski's situation and as in Polly's situation, the bad guy gets the upper hand and is able to do whatever in the world is in their twisted mind. The only difference between Dr. Lukowski and I is that he was able to intervene and save his child from whatever this character had in mind and protect her in a way that this guy would never get his hands on her again. And that's by putting his shotgun up and pulling the trigger twice and being done with it. Saving society, the pain of having to go through any of the BS involved in, in explaining and justifying what this character had done to his child. You know, when I think back about the day that you almost got your hands around the neck of Polly's killer, I only regret one thing that you didn't make it just you know a yeah. few more feet you were so close when i'm looking at this guy dr aaron latowski catches a naked mask wearing burglar standing over his daughter 
in the middle of the night. The only way he found out is when dog Sadie started barking her head off. And now there's a move afoot to have him prosecuted. Uh, uh, no, not on my watch is he going to be prosecuted. And he's not the first dad to do the same thing. Take a listen to ABC 15 News in Scottsdale. Tonight, family police piecing together a deadly shooting in Scottsdale. Investigators say a homeowner shot and killed a possible burglary suspect inside his home. It happened last night near Pima and Happy Valley Roads. Detectives say the family's dog alerted the homeowner to somebody inside his child's bedroom. When he approached him, police say the alleged intruder was naked and charged. The homeowner telling police he fired two shots to protect his family. Scottsdale police were trying to find out if this was connected to another break-in down the road earlier in the evening. To Kirk Nurmi, renowned defense attorney and author of Trapped with Miss Arias, now parts two and three, my final words on Amazon. Kirk Nurmi, apparently some people like defense attorneys are arguing at this poor guy, he was just confused and he has a mental ailment and he just wandered into this home and he didn't make a move toward the daughter or toward Dr. Aaron Latowski. He was just standing there and that Dr. Latowski basically executed him. Well, of course, that's a load of BS, but that is what is being argued in some corners today. How can a defense attorney argue such a thing. I mean, the guy was standing there with, I think, a, a big piece of wood, which is, by the way, what Ted Bundy used uh, at the, uh, I think it was the Chi Omega house in Tallahassee to bludgeon people to death. A, a piece of wood he just picked up outside and he's naked. Hello? I know your intent when you show up in the bedroom naked. I don't need a, a, a prosecutor to tell me motive. So how can defense attorneys say that with a straight face, Kirk Nurmi? Well, to be clear, I'm not in that camp and I don't quite understand the argument because the doctor here in this situation is not obligated to assess the mental health of the perpetrator that's in the room, as you said, naked with a deadly weapon. He's not forced to do that. The law in Arizona states that he can defend himself and others, and we see that his daughter was the you know, somewhere like three to five years old by the pictures. He has every right under the law, under Arizona law, to protect his daughter from that imminent attack. So that argument uh, falls on deaf ears with me as well, Nancy. Well, I agree with you. That's everything that I just said. But my question is about the camp that is promulgating now that is saying that this guy shows up innocently was confused, has a mental ailment, and that he made no move toward the daughter and no move toward the doctor. That is what we are hearing now. It will be a cold day in H-E-double-L before this case is ever, ever gets conviction in front of a jury. Take a listen to Fox 10 News reporter Justin Lum. Latowski went into his daughter's room where he says the suspect came out with a large piece of wood his face masked and his body naked. He basically was lunging at me, so it was very quick. He had his hands in the air. I could see something dark or black uh, coming at me. And it, again, it was very, very close. So I fired almost immediately. Two shots killed the suspect, police believe to be an 18 to 19 year old man. The Latowski say this was the first break in at their home, but they have always been prepared. God bless America and the second amendment. Uh, I'm glad I was able to protect my family. Uh, God bless the police for coming so quick to take care of us. 
he is not the first so-called vigilante dad. Take a listen uh, about a guy named Jeff Doucette. Now, this is from my old boss at Court TV. Doucette, a karate instructor, had abducted 11-year-old Jody Plochet several weeks earlier and taken him to California. When Jody was rescued and returned to his family, his father Gary was coping with reports that Doucette had sexually assaulted his son. We didn't know what to do. You just feel helpless. Ten days later, when the police flew Doucette back to face trial, Gary Plochet was waiting with a gun. As the suspect came through the airport, uh, I readied my camera and raised it up uh, to get a close-up shot of him. As I got a close-up shot and as he got parallel to me, Gary Plochet uh, shoots. That's exactly what happened. This man, Jeff Doucet's son, was abducted by his karate instructor and confronted with the news that his little boy had been sex molested by the karate instructor. The moment the instructor was extradited back to home turf for trial, he stepped off the plane and the dad shot him dead. Very akin to what has just happened. stories with Nancy Grace. Guys, we are talking about a homeowner who hears the dog barking uh, there in Scottsdale, goes to find the door open, looks immediately in his children's room and finds a naked man wearing a mask, which is significant as long as you're talking about intent or motive. He's obscuring his face completely naked holding a club, a piece of wood of some sort. So he shoots him dead. Now there is uh, discussion that he, the daughter, should be prosecuted. I don't think it's ever going to happen, but he is by far not the first vigilante dad. Speaking of Gary Plouchet, take a listen to this. Gary Plouchet uh, shoots and kills him. Gary, why? Gary, why? And to this day, it stands out in my mind, the uh, shooter, Gary Plochet, says, if it had been your child, you would have done the same thing, too. Today, Abram McGull is an assistant U.S. attorney and views that tape through the eyes of a federal prosecutor. I would have to say the videotape was the most ideal witness in this case. You can actually see him take the gun out of his boot, pull it up to the shoulder lever of Jeff Doucette and pull the trigger and shoot him. Yet Plochet, after pleading no contest to manslaughter, got off with only five years probation. So he was prosecuted. He was convicted. He got straight probation to Mark Class joining me in the unique position to address what Dr. Rutowski did. What went through your mind when you saw your daughter's kidnapping? Well, uh, when I, I mean, when I saw him, the thing that immediately struck me was his 
inability to make eye contact with me. Um, just the overall cowardice of, of the individual and the fact that this big macho guy was, was hiding behind the law, which so many of these characters do. And that's why Dr. Lutowski is a hero to me. He didn't let so-called criminal justice get in the way of him taking care of the business that needed to be taken care of. Now, if, if this guy had been taken and he had been put into a system, he would have been out in a few years and he would have perpetrated again and again and again until this guy would have ended up like Richard Allen Davis, the guy that murdered my child. So I think that Dr. Lukowski is, is an American hero. And I applaud everything that he did, and I'd shake this man's hand if I had an opportunity to do so. I'm with you 200% as usual, Mark Class. Joining me, Director of the Cold Case Research Institute, Cheryl McCollum. Cheryl, jump in. Nancy, I believe that parents not only have the right to protect their children, I think it's their duty. And when I hear somebody like Mark talk, here's what resonates with me. When does that threat stop for your child? Having to put your child through a hearing where they've got to see that person and be eight or four feet from them, and they've got to talk about what occurred to them and what that person did to them, that child may not understand, why are you not keeping this person from me now? Why don't you stop it now? So, mm -hmm. again, I believe when our founding fathers made it the Second Amendment, there's a reason it's number two. It isn't number six, it isn't number seven, it isn't number 16. It's number two. It's important for us to protect our children and lethally when necessary. To Dr. Kendall Crowns, Deputy Medical Examiner, Travis County, Texas. That's Austin. Austin. Dr. Crowns, I'm trying to make sense of what the other doctor, in this case the homeowner, Dr. Aaron Lotowski, is saying because I firmly believe that while people lie all the time, forensics don't lie. And I believe that if you look at the trajectory path of the bullet that went through the perpetrator, the masked naked man standing over the little girl's bed in her bedroom in the middle of the night when the rest of the family was all asleep, I believe the trajectory path of that bullet will corroborate what the doctor, the dad, Aaron Lutowski says. How can that be? How can forensics corroborate his story? Well, there's a few things. So he can, it can corroborate the story of the fact that he's nude. Uh, when someone is shot wearing clothing, bits and pieces of the clothing can be dragged into the wound track and it can uh, leave fragments of the clothing so you could you mean when the bullet goes nude. through say your shirt tiny fragments yes. of your shirt go into your body via the bullet yes i can okay that's correct Hadn't thought of so that. that way you could prove he was naked you could prove how he was uh, the position he was standing in based on if the bullet's going from to back left to right uh the trajectory so you can get an idea of how he was facing and mm -hmm. how he was standing. Uh, and also, if the uh, doctor shot him at close range, 
Uh, you can get stippling, which is the gunpowder or gunpowder tattooing on the skin from the gunpowder actually uh, embedding in the skin itself, depending on the range of fire, uh, which you won't see in an individual who has clothes on. Trying to take in everything you said back to the trajectory path of the bullet. Would you explain that one more time? Sure. So if the perpetrator's facing him, as the doctor says, and comes mm-hmm. at him with the piece of wood, uh, when the bullet hits the body, it should hit like the chest area and then exit out the back. And so you would know based on that trajectory that the person was facing the shooter when they were shot which again would corroborate the story that the uh, perpetrator came at him. Dr. Kendall Crowns, uh, I want you to take a listen again to our cut to Fox 10 News reporter Justin Lum because there's something significant forensically in what he says. Listen. Natowski went into his daughter's room where he says the suspect came out with a large piece of wood, his face masked and his body naked. He basically was lunging at me, so it was very quick. He had his hands in the air. I could see something dark or black uh, coming at me. And again, it was very, very close. So I fired almost immediately. Two shots killed the suspect, police believe to be an 18 to 19 year old man. The Latowski say this was the first break in at their home, but they have always been prepared. God bless America and the second amendment. Uh, I'm glad I was able to protect my family. Uh, God bless the police for coming so quick to take care of us. Did you hear what he said, Dr. Kendall Crowns? He said the suspect had his hands in the air with something dark in one hand lunging toward him. What difference would it make in the bullet trajectory path if the perpetrator, the burglar, had one hand or both hands in the air holding the wood like a spear or a baseball bat and going forward, lunging forward toward the doctor, the dad, Aaron Latowski. How would that change the trajectory path? So it could change the trajectory path in the, if the individual is lunging, saying their body is kind of tilted forward. You can see uh, a difference in the entrance and the exit wound's height based on the, how the body is tipped. As far as the hands being up in the air at the sides, I don't think it would change anything in that regard. But the lunging would change the trajectory path. And also we know that the prosecutors or the crime scene techs will look for gunshot powder residue not only on the victim but on the the dad himself, victim perpetrator that is. The guy who shows up in Dr. Latowski's home buck naked wearing a mask and brandishing a hunk of wood standing over his little girl's bed in the middle of the night in the dark. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Guys, we are talking about uh, claims among some camps that this doctor who shoots down a guy in his own home, standing over his daughter's bed, buck naked, in the middle of the night, used excessive force. Now, I don't think anybody on this panel, even Kirk Nurmi, agree with that, but 
It's happened before where a so-called vigilante dad has actually been prosecuted. Take a listen to ABC News reporter. Listen. A frantic father called 911 after finding a farmhand, Jesus Flores, allegedly sexually assaulting his little girl. The Lavaca County District Attorney's Office released the dramatic call. Well, that's 911 station, right? Okay. I'm to do. The 911 audio is just part of the evidence presented to a Lavaca County grand jury who chose not to indict the father. District Attorney Heather McMinn tells us why. And under the law in the state of Texas, deadly force is authorized and justified in order to stop an aggravated sexual assault or a sexual assault. All the evidence that was presented by the Sheriff's Department and by the Texas Rangers indicated that that was in fact what was occurring when the victim's father arrived at the scene. When that dad goes after the guy molesting his little girl, he ends up facing a grand jury who is there to indict you. Take a listen to another ABC News reporter. For neighbor Michael Vate, the decision not to indict wasn't surprising. He grew up with a young man. Went to school with my kids. Um, great guy. I mean, calls me Mr. Vice, yes sir, no sir, a well-mannered well kid. Prosecutors say you can hear the young father trying to save Flores in the 911 audio. I don't know about this. I don't know the address. I don't know nothing, ma'am. I don't know what to tell you. All I don't know is this guy going to be a freaking dime on me, ma'am. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. You need to find me a road number. Vate hopes his neighbor's family can now recover. My man actually lost his life. It's sad, but I think justice was served that day. In that case, the dad goes all the way to a grand jury. To Kirk Nurmi, why? That's a good question. I mean, we just heard the the uh, district attorney there earlier talk about how Texas law allows for this sort of defense. So I guess the question in the prosecutor's mind might have been, did it go so far? Did it exceed what he needed to do to protect his daughter? Based on everything I've seen, it didn't. But that must have been the question that they put before the grand jury. Did he go too far? To Mark Class, uh, founder of Class Kids Foundation, what do you make of that dad being taken all the way to a grand jury when he goes after the guy who he sees molesting his daughter? Yeah, I remember this from your last show. We covered this case before, and it stood out at that time, too. This guy was doing something that every father in America, every father in the world would do. I think this is primal. I really do. I think this gets down to a very elemental state of, 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 of being. And I think that you'll find this anywhere in the animal kingdom. He did what he is internally programmed to do. He protected his child. Why they had to take it to the grand jury, perhaps they had to show that there was some semblance of, of a justice system involved in this. I don't know. But the way it resulted, the fact that he was able to walk away from this with a clean conscience, uh, not to mention the guilt that he's going to have to carry 
for the rest of his life for this even occurring to his daughter. Uh, I think that ultimately justice was served. And uh, I, I hope this young man's been able to get on with his life because, again, like Doc, like the other doctor, like Dr. Lutowski, this man is a hero, and I'd love to give him a hug. Guys, it doesn't turn out this way every time. Take a listen to NBC 15, Mobile, Alabama, news anchor. A defense lawyer says authorities are overreacting with a murder charge against a Coleman County man charged in killing his daughter's sexual abuser. 41-year-old Jay Maynor is charged with the shooting death of 59-year-old Raymond Earl Brooks. The family says that Brooks was sexually abusing Maynor's daughter, who is now speaking out about the incident. I was so, so young, I don't remember when it started. But when I finally told someone um, I was eight, for the first time in my life, I do not feel scared. For the first time in my life, I do not wake up feeling fear. Coleman County investigators couldn't confirm whether the 2002 sex abuse case had any connection to the shooting, but Brooks was a registered sex offender. The Coleman County Sheriff's Office reports Jay Maynor will be charged with first-degree murder, attempted murder, and shooting into an occupied dwelling. Mark Class, did you hear that? In that particular case, this girl, Julie Maynor, says she was sex abused by her adoptive grandfather, Raymond Brooks, for years. Then the dad finds out and goes and shoots him dead. Then he is actually prosecuted for murder. Did you hear that? Yes, of course I did. And these are two events that occurred at very different times in everybody's life. The little girl was being abused by the step-grandfather for many, many more years than he was punished for having committed that crime. I think he was abusing her for three years or four years, and, and he spent less than two years behind bars. And it was only many years later when the young daughter, not so young anymore, uh, talked to her father about all the emotions that she had gone through, the fact that she's still haunted by this event in her life is the trigger that set him off and again it's a matter of protecting your children it's primal it's elemental guys take a listen to wvtm nbc 13's jeff eliasoff julia Maynor is only 24 years old but for most of those years she suffered through unshakable memories my granddad uh, molested me as a child um I don't, I, I vaguely remember, um, like I can still remember his smell, which is awful to me. Her grandfather, Raymond Brooks, who adopted her mother, was convicted of molesting Julia repeatedly until she was about eight and a half years old. He served 27 months of a five-year sentence, got out, and then two summers ago, Julia's father, Jay, exacted revenge. He shot and killed Brooks. On Monday, Jay Maynard, seen in Julia's pictures, took a plea deal and is going away for 40 years. For Julia, the pain of the past is rushing back. Well, I overcome PTSD from a little while, you know. I mean, I overcome that, and now I'm having to re-overcome something that hasn't happened in 14, 15, 16 years. A multi-generational tragedy that keeps developing. Her adoptive grandfather is dead. Her father now in prison, perhaps for the rest of his life. 
You know, Mark Glass, that is just bass backwards. That's wrong. 41 years because you shoot your daughter's molester? I think I still have Mark with me. If not, I'm going to go to Cheryl McCollum. I think Cheryl's going to agree with me. Oh, I completely agree with you, honey. And not just that, I have an issue with the word revenge. I don't think it's revengeful at all. Again, when does that threat stop? When does her mental trauma stop of him being out, of him being in that community, of him popping up at her favorite restaurant, not being able to go to the library, not being able to go to church, not being able to go to the grocery store without the threat of your rapist being there? Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Guys, we are talking about a brand new case of a so-called vigilante dad. His name is Dr. Aaron Latowski. Take a listen now to our friends at Fox 10. This is Justin Lum. For Aaron Latowski, his sole responsibility is protecting his wife, three kids, and their nanny. Don't forget the family dog, Sadie, who Latowski says alerted him late last night to a break-in. And so I came inside and I saw that one of our side doors was open and she was barking um, down the hall uh, towards my kids' bedrooms. Right away, Latowski says he grabbed his shotgun. Meanwhile, the rest of the family was asleep. We never would have known we would have continue to sleep and sleep through it. So I'm just so thankful. Latowski went into his daughter's room where he says the suspect came out with a large piece of wood, his face masked and his body naked. To Karen Stark joining me, a uh, renowned psychologist joining us out of New York. Karen, when you heard Mark Class say it's something primal, how do you interpret it? You're the one with a psychology degree. You know, the whole time that Mark was talking and whenever I'm on with him, I really do tend to agree with what he's saying. I do know that that is something that parents feel. They really do feel that their purpose is to take care of their children. I've also known parents when their child dies and there was nothing they could do when they had an illness, something that killed them still feel terrible guilt and responsibility that they never get over because they believe they were meant to take care of their children. Now, I don't know what father in his right mind wouldn't do exactly what Dr. Aaron Latowski did. Yes. Mm-hmm. Back to you, Levi Page, CrimeOnline.com investigative reporter. Refresh me with the facts. Dr. Aaron Latowski, it's about 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. And what exactly happened? So, Nancy, it's Scottsdale, Arizona. It's around 11 o'clock at night. And Dr. Aaron Lachowski, he's a urologist. He'd been working late. And he got home. And when he walked in the door, he noticed that the Doberman, which is a great guard dog, Sadie, was barking near his daughter's room. He opened the door, and this man was naked, wearing a mask, not a mask that you wear to go to the grocery store during a pandemic, but a mask covering his entire face. And he said that this man had a piece of wood in his hand. His 
arms were up in the air and he lunged at him and he shot him twice and killed him. And this is what is really odd. Police have not been able to identify that masked man that he shot and killed. Wow. That's really odd. How do you do that, Cheryl McComb? How do you not know the dead guy is naked in the bedroom? Well, clearly he didn't have a wallet on him. so We don't have ID. Nobody's reported him missing. So they're going to have to use fingerprints or some other means to identify him at this point. You know, I'm thinking back over what if anything else he could have done to Mark Class joining me, founder of Class Kids Foundation. What about it, Mark? What else could the dad have done in that moment? Dr. Lutowski did exactly what he had to do. I mean, he was protecting himself as well as protecting the rest of his family because this individual was attacking him with in the dark with a, a board, with a baseball bat, with some piece of wood that could have could have destroyed the doctor. So I think that, you know, he's perfectly within his rights on every level that you can even imagine for doing exactly what he did. You know, I find it uh, completely twisted that some people think that there should at least be a grand jury into Dr. Aaron Latowski's behavior. We are learning now, we're just getting that the victim's name is Cameron Yo, Y-O-E, 18-year-old Cameron Yo. Now, where is he from? Don't know. What's his history? Don't know that either. I mean, when Cheryl McCollum said he didn't have his wallet, that was a joke because he was completely naked except for a mask that covered his entire face. Guys, this is not the first so-called vigilante dad. Take a listen to WTTE Fox 28, Kelly Joyce. 18-year-old Raymond Frolander standing before a judge charged with sexual battery, his face swollen and bruised. Daytona Beach police say Frolander was beaten by the father of the victim. I attacked him viciously and I didn't stop. The only time I paused was to go to the kitchen and retrieve a butcher knife because I was going to kill him. This 35-year-old father, Jason, says he walked in on Frolander, a family friend, attacking his son. Jason told police he went out for a bite to eat and when he came back, he heard something in the bedroom. Found my son Raymond in the room. He called 911. I just walked in and found a grown man molesting and I got him in a bloody puddle for you right now, officer. When Daytona Beach police showed up, they found Frolander unconscious. He was taken to the hospital, then to jail. Police say Jason won't face any charges for the beating because he was protecting his child as a crime was being committed. Police also say Frolander admitted to the sexual battery. Guys, we were talking about yet another case where a, a dad walks in, finds their child under threat, and takes action. Here, as you heard him say to 911, he's got him beaten into a bloody pulp. Take a listen to WTTE Fox 28, Kelly Joyce. This father wanted to show his face and let you know he thinks his son is a hero. Because I was going to kill him. And my son stepped in front of me and saved his life. He just looked at me and said, sir. And he shook his head and said, no. And I just put the knife down. And I just 
wouldn't traumatize him any more than he already was. Jason says his family is trying to heal, but he felt he needed to talk publicly about this case to let all victims of sex crimes know they do not need to be afraid to come forward. Everybody wants to do the, you know, not my family, not my family. Or they got to wait till it hits close to home and all that. Nine out of ten of these are an uncle, a, a brother, something. Jason tells us his son is in counseling. He says he's a very tough kid who will get through this. He says this has not only affected his family emotionally, but financially as well. To Mark Class, founder of Class Kids Foundation, we're talking about who in their right mind would want a dad prosecuted. If you look online right now, there is a movement called Raymond Frolander is Innocent. That's the guy that the dad here, Jason, walks in on molesting his little boy. It's Raymond Frolander. And all these people online have created this site, Raymond Frolander is Innocent, and they say to the little boy, please tell the truth to everyone now. We know Raymond did nothing to you. What about it, Mark Class? And we wonder, wow, why are dads prosecuted? Yeah, and I think you just made the closing argument for everything we've been talking about earlier. I think the, the thing that stands out about me about this case is there's a, a very precious element right in the middle of it. And that's when the little boy stands between his father and his abuser and tells him not to go any further not to kill him and the father then acknowledges that the son is a hero for taking that very brave stand but look at the result look where it's at now there are people calling the perpetrator an innocent individual and uh you know you're going to find armchair quarterbacks absolutely everywhere particularly in this day and age and uh we just need to be protected from those guys and how could that have happened yeah I guess we'll never know. Okay, Mark Kloss, are you sitting down? I am. You, you maybe should lay down on this one. Other people in this group, Raymond Frolander's innocent, actually say this. Do you know something more, than, more about this? Was something going on between Jason, the dad, and Raymond, the alleged molester? Did Jason keep his mouth closed on account of his father's behavior? So they're not just saying they can't be happy. This is what you call an Internet troll. They can't yeah. be happy saying, well, you know, nothing happened. The dad's wrong. They have to then go the other step and suggest some relationship between the dad and the perp. It's. It's so wrong, Mark Class. Speak to it. Well, it's it's absolutely pitiful, and we see internet trolls um, going after everybody for almost anything that is said or done online. And I don't know who these people are. I don't know where these people come from. But I wish that there was a way that we could stop them. But again, there you are. The First Amendment, not the Second Amendment, gives them the right to to blurt out whatever happens to be on their mind and, and memorialize it 
on the internet. It's pitiful and it's sad. And these are people that should be ashamed of themselves because they're just doing nothing more than inflicting more and more and more harm on innocent people who are trying to heal from a grievous injury. To Kirk Nurmi, renowned defense attorney who defended Jody Arias and author, Kirk Nurmi, I really do not believe that this dad, vigilante dad, Aaron Latowski, is going to be prosecuted. I don't believe it's even going to go to a grand jury. But if it does go to a grand jury, I guarantee you there's going to be a no bill. I, I agree with you. I, I don't even see it going to a grand jury. I couldn't imagine the county attorney's office seeking to prosecute. But even if it goes before a grand jury, I would agree with you, Nancy. I think it's um, it's it's not a ham sandwich, but it would still die there, as they say. This dad is no defendant. This dad is a hero. We wait as justice unfolds. Nancy Grace, Crime Story, signing off. Goodbye, friend. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. Amazing. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, your exercise, and medication decisions. All those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and a lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com compatibility. Thanks, Dexcom, for being our partner. Zen nicotine pouches deliver nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime, which means Zen pairs well with you, your personality, your schedule, and your spontaneity. Zen fits easily into your bag, pocket, and into your life because it's smoke-free, hands-free, and hassle-free. So the only person who will know you have a Zen pouch in is you. Visit Zen.com or head to your local convenience store today to find your Zen. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's crime stories possible. It's Lisa Mattress, a collaboration between Lisa and West Elm. The natural hybrid is made from natural latex, natural wool, and environmentally safe foams. The natural hybrid elevates your sleep and supports. Go to lisa.com forward slash nancy to learn more. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com forward slash Nancy.